Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary. With something approaching normality returning before the end of the summer, more and more of us will be heading back to our offices, setting up in real life meetings and remembering how to network in 4D and not just in our slippers. For many, it will be a welcome return to afterwork drinks, pressing the flesh and building social capital through in-person relationships. For others, there may be anxiety. There may be an inability or just no desire to return to the way things were. In a sector where career progression has very much been based on who you know, what will the sector need to do to make sure that in a world that for the medium term at least looks set to be largely hybrid, everyone is offered the same opportunity to succeed? I sat down with Chenge Bobo, HR business partner at JLL, Zoe Cook, HR business partner at Octopus Real Estate, Lauren Fendick, real estate partner and head of life sciences real estate group at Taylor Wessing, and Bryony Grant, asset manager at Oxford Properties, to find out. Here we are another episode of the very wonderful EG Property Podcast and my favourite topic, which is is talent. And we're here today to talk about, I guess, the role that every individual will need to relearn when we come back into the office, hopefully really soon, um, hopefully towards the end of of summer. We've been in a very virtual um, world for, what, coming up 18 months now. And relearning how to socialise, how to network in a physical environment is going to be a little bit of a challenge, I think. And so we've gathered um, a collection of experts with me today to talk about, you know, what we can what we can do and what that situation is going to going to look like for for everyone. So uh, I am going to throw to um, my four wonderful guests here, four women. And uh, so I'm going to ask them all to introduce themselves and, and give me a little bit of an idea of what what they think, I guess, the biggest challenge is going to be when we come back to the office and, and learn how to network in person again. And I'm going to throw first to you, Chenge. Um, I'm, as, as by way of introduction, I'm uh, Chenge Bobo. I work in human resources. I work for, for JLL. And I guess um, some thoughts around uh, returning into the office, we've surveyed people a number of times and people's thoughts are kind of split. And I think people working from home have been very comfortable working from home and there's definitely a need to relearn um, getting into the office. I think it will be gradual. So my thoughts are um, a couple of days a week as a start will definitely kind of um, be a good thing. Also, um, trying to make sure that people you know will be in the office. So if it can be done to team level, that would be great because at least teams can then interact within um, the office environment or colleagues, you know, outside of your teams, I think would be a good start. That's very much kind of the start of the re-engagement into the office. Uh, Lauren, over to you next. Hi, I'm Lauren Fendick. I'm a partner in the commercial real estate team at Taylor Wessing and heading up our real estate life sciences group. I think I can come at it from a a, a different angle in terms of what we're looking at, definitely looking at a hybrid way of working, um, but how we can actually support, you know, our juniors and our associates and our trainees as to how they work in a hybrid way, but also get the support and the supervision and the training that they need. So that's something we're really focusing on at the moment to make sure that, you know, we can deliver that 
um, to our to our people. Fantastic. Thank you, Lauren. Bryony, over to you next. Thanks. Hi, um, I'm Bryony Grant. I'm an asset manager in the UK team at Oxford Properties. Been at Oxford about two and a half years. Actually joined from Savills, uh, where Oxford were a client. So I think certainly meeting people, networking is kind of key to, to where I am today and obviously key to everyone, a topic that everyone can kind of discuss. I think challenges for people going back into the office, and I mean, at Oxford, we are, we're slowly getting back and enjoying doing that. I think, you know, a good discussion is around the social anxiety and people nervous to get back, not necessarily due to COVID, but as we said, meeting people again and that nervousness around that. Kind of where we are is that and a lot of people are looking at repurposing their offices. Um, and I think that's what we're doing at Oxford to, you know, to really change the way we use the office and kind of stimulate interaction, engagement. You know, we're, we're focusing on flex space, creating more dynamic, more experiential spaces. And I think that's one way in which when people get back to the office, so they're going to move around the office differently and feel more comfortable. I mean, everyone for the last 18, 15 months has been the comfort or discomfort of their own home. And I think that really needs to play when we get back into the office. And last but by no means least, Zoe. Hi, um, I'm Zoe Cook. I'm a HR business partner for Octopus Real Estate. I'm actually one of the lucky people that joined the organisation during lockdown. So I've been uh, at Octopus for just over a year now. And I think that is going to be one of our kind of key challenges is bringing those people um, that have joined over the course of the last 15 months. Um, we've got a couple of senior hires, a graduate that we've onboarded virtually, but it's now bringing them back into the real life face to face setting um, and building those relationships for people that uh, don't have those existing relationships that Chenge talked about. Um, mm. We're also looking at that hybrid model, um, as Lauren mentioned, and likely to have people doing a mix of working from home and in the office. And then it's really the importance of getting the right balance so that people aren't sat in the office staring at their screen, talking to people that are sat at home um, and making the most of the meetings and the time that you've got in each environment. So some really interesting um, interesting questions come out of all of that for, for me, for us to um, perhaps look at through the course of this conversation. I think um, social anxiety is, is, is a great topic for us to mm -hmm. talk about, particularly in, in this industry where traditionally it's all been about, you know, sort of building that social capital, hasn't it? It's all been about networking, pressing the flesh and, and getting to know as many people, lots of lunches, obviously, I enjoy that. Uh, and, and, and that um, element of, of um, sort of career progression, I suppose, and doing deals and, and you know, getting the insight on what's, what's going on. And then how we manage all of that, if we are going to be in a, in a world that is hybrid working, you know, how do we um, create the networking opportunities that are equal whether you're at home in the office or or wherever it may be so let's maybe start with um some questions or some thoughts around social anxiety i know there are some there's some studies that have been done that say you know while we've been in in lockdown if you've been isolated there are physical changes that take place to your to your brain you know your your memory and your verbal recall is is worse I'm sure I'm not the only one that struggles to find words <laughs> sometimes even though you know they're, they're there you know that your um, amygdala is, is shrunk 
Um, so there's, you know, there's a physical element to, to social anxiety as well. And then just not knowing whether you should say, shake someone's shake someone's mm. hand. You should do the do the. Mm. You know, I'm a journalist, so we do the media air kisses. You know, should we <laughs> should we do do all of that? So how do we? How important is it going to be for people coming back to the office, and particularly those that are perhaps junior or like you, Zoe, have joined? Um, in a lockdown and maybe not um, physically met any of your of your colleagues yet how do we how do we deal with those anxieties I I think it's all about patience um, and as Chengo said it's a, it's a gradual process we're relearning and we have to really listen to people's opinions and feelings as to how they feel about coming into the office so we're also doing lots of surveying of our people which Chengo mentioned JLL are doing as well and just getting under the skin of that and and working out how we can use those thoughts and opinions to, to you know best cater um, to, to bringing people back into to the kind of physical environment yeah I think it's certainly a, a kind of a short term I mean people various people don't actually like networking or certainly meeting new people there's definitely a, a different aspect to that I think people getting back into the office you know in a way certainly from perhaps a, a more junior aspect I've really enjoyed seeing a lot of people perhaps higher up in the company mm. online and being and seeing them in their comfort zone seeing them in their home has really brought some barriers down and I think in a way that can reflect when people are back into the office and you can say oh you know we spoke about that book behind you I mean I saw a, I saw a bird fly across the screen when I was on on a, on a call to a, a more senior person which is what we're giggling about now I think it is going to be a short-term nervousness and I think ways in which companies can really grow on it is perhaps gently put together you know more wellness um, activities and initiatives to really bring people together but perhaps from my point of view with Covid you know everybody hates wearing face masks and as you say naturally we we want to hug and kiss as humans at a very very um, interesting meeting where we actually hadn't seen or spoken to anyone on, on a call before and we met outside face masks were on in a group nobody knew what they looked like nobody knew each other's voices someone started talking who said that <laughs> it <was very> awkward. <laughs> so hopefully when face masks go and we you know we get back to where we are hopefully that social anxiety will will lessen there's also a big part um, for leaders to play in in kind of managing the social anxiety and the whole leadership um, shadow becomes really important because as soon as the leaders almost very confidently kind of enter or return into the office, I think whether you're a new starter, whether you're a junior or senior, I think that kind of presence gives comfort. And the way they engage with people going forward, you know, will need to be very different um, for sure. So I think virtually we've, um, well, certainly I have and speaking to many colleagues and when we've surveyed people, people have spoken to more people than they would have ordinarily done so. And then so it's almost, you know, leveraging those relationships. But when the leaders, they, it's even kind of more comfortable that if my leader can go in, so can we. I completely agree. I think the, the flip side of that is uh, the pressure of leadership going in when perhaps other people don't feel comfortable. And I think um, the point about people feeling comfortable has to be the number one priority. So we're encouraging people to start going back from the 21st of June or whenever the, that stage comes um, one day a week and, and get used to it. And I think there we've got part of it is also really emphasising the um, benefits of being in the office. And something that I've found by going back um, a little bit more is that those people 
that I didn't know and didn't have a necessary reason to just talk to that I would maybe bump into at the tea point I'm already building stronger relationships with them about things that aren't work related and I think that's that's one of the real benefits is just that more personal connection that you might have with people that you don't interact with on a day-to-day basis and I think we've got quite a split population we've got a lot of people that are already back in at least one day a week um, and really keen to get out and meet brokers to get out and meet investors and we've got others that are quite nervous and it's trying to get the right balance and help both of those groups understand the other's perspective and how do we how do we make sure that 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 sort of difference of of opinion those who are really comfortable being back in the in the office and enjoying it and those who aren't quite there yet how do we make sure that those who aren't quite there yet don't miss out on you know the 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 inevitable stronger relationships that you you do create when you are um face to face with with someone how do we make sure that there are the same opportunities I think it comes from that hybrid aspect of virtual and in person and you know technology allows us to be in any place at any time and from a social impact also an environmental impact it's very beneficial and I think it comes with you mentioned pressure companies need to allow their teams to log on virtually if it's people's day that they're going to work from home or they can't be in the city or the town that they have the technology to to log on virtually. And I think certainly Teams and Zoom, even though we, gosh, it's dread it sometimes, mm-hmm. is here to stay. And having the ability for people to log on at a meeting, at an event, mm-hmm. and meet those people through that, I think we're just going to have to adapt to it. Do you think, though, that has there been enough of a, a change? Um, I know we've talked about um, throughout the last... Um, uh, 15, 18 months about, you know, this acceleration of the use of, of of tech and and, you know, just the transformation of the sector. Do you think that we've changed enough for virtual meetings to be as powerful as in real life meetings and for those to have the same impact on your career as, um, you know, going for a, a pint with the boss might have might have had um, in in days gone by? I think so. I think there are there are elements where things are different. One of the um, one of the lovely things that I've heard, we opened a Manchester office um, in 2019. So it's a fairly small office. And actually, the people that work there feel more integrated with the London team now than they did throughout the time that we were in the office and they were having to travel down to really build those relationships. The other thing, you know, we invest um, and we lend across the country and you can literally hop on a call in uh, with someone in Aberdeen, followed by a call with someone in Bristol. And that is something that you couldn't do previously. So there's more impact that you can probably have within a day um, than there might be with you spending all of the time traveling and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, that being said, there are things that we do need to do in person. We have to do our site visits in person mm-hmm. and we've been doing those in a COVID safe way. And there will always be benefits of that kind of switch off of going to the pub after work or whatever it might be. And I think that's where Chengo's point around aligning the days that you're in the office mm-hmm. with people and alternating those as you go along to get to know other people will really have benefit. Totally agree, Zoe. Um, I think 
Zoom team meetings, online meetings have their place, definitely. I mean, one of the benefits I've seen is that, you know, we're speaking with a screen on and I wouldn't have done that with clients beforehand. And so now I'm really building up relationships, but that doesn't underestimate, um, you know, us meeting physically and, and the importance of that. So it's yeah. about this kind of flexible hybrid approach, definitely. And, you know, real estate is about relationships and also yeah. it's about tangible assets. And so we have to have that physical presence. You know, you can do a drone survey, but actually going around the asset itself is key and important to understanding its context. So I think it's it's going to be a, a hybrid and a, an interesting, flexible model. And, and we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out and what takes precedence and what doesn't. I also just just finally kind of on the point of hype, but I also think there's a an opportunity, you know, to almost upskill our leaders who are almost there but not quite there, um, to upskill it as to how to, you know, to maximize the hybrid. So to your point, Brian, there may be people at home and in the office. So it's making everyone feel included and engaged. I think is really important. And also I think just um people being at home obviously have been comfortable in their in their own environment. I, I guess for us at JLL, diversity is something like really, really important. So it's also, you know, thinking about, you know, the, you know, going to the pub. So I gave just giving an example of after work. What are we changing? What are we substituting that going to the pub with? Um, so it's it's a mixture of that hybrid and kind of the going to the pub and are we including everyone? I'm really glad you mentioned the DNI words there, um, Chenge, because <laughs> Um, I do wonder if this is an opportunity for the industry to really look at its networking events and start mm. to make them more inclusive. Because we know, you know, very much they're all they're very, um, very booze focused. Um, <laughs> they're often after after work. Um, they might be rugby, golf, um, cycling. I like cycling, so I don't mind those ones, but not everyone. Everyone does. But, they're, you know, they're they are. They're not wi- widely inclusive. They exclude quite a lot of lot of people. Is this a, is this an opportunity for the industry to to relook at how we network, where we network, and when we network? Absolutely, we're we're looking at you know breakfast meetings, lunch meetings, um, to kind of give the availability to more people and also to take the focus away from, as you say, the traditional social, social, socialising um, within the industry. And I think, you know, one of the things we're looking at is actually with clients looking at getting our juniors to do networking events across the piece. So with clients, with their advisors to try and, you know, integrate and, and create a new networking opportunity. Kind of goes back to my point on the repurposing offices, I think. Mm. To make face-to-face more inclusive, meeting rooms, event space, hospitality should really be repurposing it and being a place where people feel comfortable and want to stay. You know, event holders, networking events should be in a more comfortable environment because we're so used to pre-COVID walking to a large room filled with people that Mm. you not necessarily all know. And it's very daunting especially for newly graduates, graduates, interns going in when they need to make that network base. It's very daunting and ways in which we can sculpt the environment, I think, is definitely ways in which it's going to introduce and encourage more people, more young people, more diverse people to get into the sector and to to make that network. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something that we were starting to consider um, pre-COVID around um, how do we balance out keeping golf days because they are popular and yeah. <laughs> we don't want to sort of turn off a lot of our audience but also bringing more 
variety, um, as you say, with timings, with activities, without it becoming um, sort of a tick box and really making sure that we get something that is engaging, that we do bring people from across all spectrums to rather than it feeling like there's sort of one thing for people that like golf and what you know all of those things um and how we as as Bryony says then bring that into a more inclusive space for people that don't necessarily have that network I think networking events work really well for people that are already networked and want to build them a little bit further if you're brand new into the industry and um, it can be really daunting um, and that can be a real barrier to your career. And one of the things I guess that we have all seen throughout throughout the various lockdowns and this massive work from home experiment is that, that those people who in the office we might have considered the introverts, mm. we've probably heard more more from because, you know, they can be on a call like this. They don't have to have a screen screen on, but they can if they want or, you know, there's a um, there's much more accessibility there, isn't, isn't there? So perhaps there's a an opportunity for the the quiet ones to to shine a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've also, as we've seen and heard more from them, their profile has raised. And I think there's a real key element when we're looking at hybrid meetings, um, in particular. There's a a growing role of the chair to really bring people in, whether that be people that are sat around the table in the room with them or on a screen and make sure that we have heard from everyone, which I think we would tend to do in fairly formal meetings, but we will need a chair more so in less formal meetings to make sure that everyone is being heard, particularly if you've got the majority sat either at home or on the table. We'll all go from being in the majority to the minority, depending on what the meeting is and what day we happen to be where. Totally agree. And I think one of the interesting things that you've just raised there, Samantha, is the fact that, you know, social anxiety existed pre-COVID. You would have got people who didn't really enjoy networking or didn't feel like they had the tools or the skills to do networking. And so we've really, you know, it's maybe become intensified, but we've really got to focus on how we can make those people feel more comfortable, whether Mm -hmm. it's in an online environment, whether it's extra training, whether it's, you know, smaller groups that Bryony was saying, having smaller event space and that kind of thing to make it feel more comfortable. Um, But it has always been an issue um so it's just you know interesting one that we always have to keep an eye on and address really who should the onus be on to make sure that you know we we do progress and we do we do um include more people we do make um creating those interactions whether it's physical or virtual um how how do we continue to improve in that and who should who should be leading I think it's certainly from Oxford's point of view, it's it's everybody. You know, mm. you usually look to the senior leaders and the managers. At Oxford, we've got a fantastic culture where kind of there's no looking down. There's no hierarchy. And I think we mould together and make our own rules in a sense. Mm. Um, I mean, that's specific for Oxford. I'm sure the same at many other companies. And I think it depends on everybody and everyone knowing that this world has changed we've changed the way we're working and speaking to one another we need to learn from it and grow i think um from an, an hr perspective as well and just i guess ex- experience at jll our, our colleagues have become uh clients in a way so we almost can segment we've got generation z and we've got old employees and then we've got different skills and we've got so much diversity we're never going to be able to 
um, articulate a solution for all. And therefore, um, to Byron's point, we also engage with people. We seek feedback quite a lot and we seek feedback from employees and ask them to actually put forward what their suggestions are and how best they think it can be done, obviously, with the leaders kind of sponsoring, you know, that networking element. So I think that that's definitely going to continue. And that's definitely an expectation um, of employees of many companies going forward, for sure. Agree. Going back to what Bryony was saying in terms of it being about everybody, and I, I totally agree with that approach. I think it's everyone having empathy and having a level of EQ where you really understand each other and you put yourself into that other person's shoes and how they're feeling. And I think as an industry, we, we really need to, to kind of improve that skill, really. Yeah, absolutely. And that point around um, feedback that Chengo made, this is new to all of us. Mm. Um, some of us will have worked in multi-site companies before or with more home working. Um, but that doesn't mean that what we did there will work in the new normal, dare I use that phrase. Um, <laughs> and actually, this is a, an evolution. And we will try things and we will try things that go really well. And we will try things that we realise we could have done differently or better. And I think it's about being open about that with our people as they're coming back and with our clients as well to make sure that we're getting the best and the hybrid approach means flexibility so it may be that with some clients we can take one approach and with others we need to take another because we want to give them the best service it's all about flexibility coming back to that that word yeah. I agree with that I mean Zara, I agree with that point entirely that clients are different people out there and this is not necessarily for our internal companies people's companies have all changed so it's understanding yeah. and networking and meeting the people whether it be virtually online to actually understand how their company structure has changed and then yeah. understanding that understanding the other person's point of view and yeah empathizing with it I think empathy is um such a great um great word to to have used in this this conversation I think it's it's a it's a real skill set that um, people need to need to focus on because it will make all of the difference. And, you know, we've all been through such such a unique experience. And I think that, Brian, you talked about it at the beginning, you know, the opportunity to look into, you know, leaders, leaders homes and see a book on the back on their bookshelf and talk to them mm -hmm. about it has opened up so many different conversations that just never would have happened in in the office and have enabled us to learn more about each other on a on a personal mm -hmm. basis as well as how we work and and hopefully uh, um, I try to be optimistic as journalists it's not in our nature but we try mm -hmm. um, you know that will that will lead to a a, cha a shift change in in the industry that that looks to you know it's always been an industry that talks about itself as a people industry but mm -hmm. I, I I don't believe that it has has been I do believe that it can be and and this you know if, if one good thing comes out of this this experience if we can value people and understand people and empathize then perhaps we can create a sector that you know does attract the very best from from everywhere does retain and grow grow talent and and does it in ways that work for absolutely everyone that would be my dream let's let's uh, close off with a dream um, from from each of you as to where you hope we're gonna gonna get to in in this sector in terms of making sure that our our talent existing and new is able to continue to to grow in this sector. 
Lauren, I'm going to start with you. So I guess my dream is for a, a really diverse industry where everybody feels comfortable to share their views and to to network together and just create a really positive um, environment, which, you know, I think it already is, is, a, is a great industry. Fantastic. Thank you. Chengay. Um, I um, what do I think of this? I think we we are going to need to change as an industry. There's no there's without a shadow of a doubt. We've almost moved so far in in eighteen months working virtually. Like the whole virtual working, the whole piece around diversity has become very important to us. I think the whole piece of around talent will change as well because we're able to draw talent from locations we weren't able to in the past because this whole virtual hybrid um, world will allow us to. Um, in the future, um, hopefully we will be able to retain more people because well-being again is very forefront of the agenda, certainly with, uh, certainly at JLL, um, and that's an expectation of employees. Um, that's the kind of imp- uh, expectation of employees going forward, and just the whole experience, the whole employee experience needs to be something that we almost capture, package, and, and give as part of our offering as an industry. Fantastic, thank you, thank you. Brownie. What do I wish? Um, I wish COVID was over for one, but in terms of the sector, I wish we and the graduates, and certainly speaking from a a more junior level, I really want those barriers to remain down. As we've spoken about here, we've seen every intricate detail of people's backgrounds and people who are higher above us in in a way. And I want those barriers to remain down and for younger people to enter this sector and feel that their voice can be heard. And, you know, they're the ones that are going to be the future leaders. And I think giving them the opportunity is key to this and I think has really grown over the last year, year and a bit. Excellent. Thank you very much. Zoe. I'd echo everything that people have said. I think my dream is about having a really diverse and welcoming and inclusive uh, culture across uh, the industry and us working together, which I think we have probably done more over the last 15 months than uh, previous to make sure that we kind of build those pipelines and and share the talent because things won't change if we're trying to all do it within silos. So people being comfortable and that kind of movement around being uh, seen as a benefit as well as a loss of an individual when someone talented uh, goes elsewhere. Excellent. So, as you say, some really great dreams there. Let's um, let's turn them into realities. Let's all keep keep working to to make sure those those dreams come true. But for for now, thank you so much for a wonderful conversation. Uh, I am feeling hopeful uh, and um, look forward to um, seeing some of you, all of you, in real life at some point soon, <laughs> if everyone is comfortable with with that. But um, thank you so much for, for joining us on the EG Property Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the EG Property Podcast. We hope you found the content insightful and helpful. If you'd like more of the same and to keep up with all the latest news, views, analysis and research that the EG Group has to provide, be sure to sign up to all of our property podcasts and subscribe to Radius Data Exchange for unlimited access to all of our content and comprehensive commercial real estate data. (laughs) 